the, the feeling of, for me personally, was like what happened. And, and worse than that, the stain on me was, it's probably going to happen to me as well. So I had this, this thought of, you know, if it happened to my dad, who I've looked up to for so many years, who am I? And I remember in my early 20s, I was an evangelist and, and trusted God for finances, but it always, almost seemed like the Lord just gave enough. It was like just enough. And often I was in need, and I had this diesel Passat that I was given. And Mark, I can't tell you how many times that car brought me to the end, not into my knees, that's like low level, I'm talking to the end of the end. It had a special ability to either like pop the rubber pipe and all the water would go out. It's one of those diesels where, you know, if it just slightly got hot, everything had to be redone again. And um, that car brought me to financial ruin, I think at three times. It was like, you know, you know when, you know when you, it's, a, it's something to say, you can laugh now, but when you've got very little and that car goes, it's like your whole world's coming down. And I mean, we haven't got the whole afternoon, so let's just get to the point. <laughs> is I found the Lord started to speak to me about money, and it wasn't normal for me. Now, I'm not saying that this is the doctrine and that this is, that this is the shoe that you must fit. This is how God worked with me, and we are going to be sharing about Psalm 25 again, which is the ways of God. And, and God will teach you His ways. But He began to say to me that what you've gone through as a family, what you've gone through, actually needs to be submitted to me. And I began to see how Judas was stealing money out of his, out of his own monetary fund, and, and even that he was sold for monies. But I began to see that I actually had to process and work through what I had gone through, through the Lord. And I began to forgive my father. Not that I held him in unforgiveness, but it's like I had to let him go. I had to, I had to accept him for who he was in the eyes of God. And then I had to begin to see that God hasn't left me. And I had to begin to have my mind renewed through that scenario. And what is interesting was I developed a real despising of the prosperity teachers. So I'm not saying it's directly linked, but I was one of those guys who was very quick uh, on the horse when, it, when they were mentioned. It's, like, it's, it's almost like my, what I'd gone through had brought a type of a bitterness, might be too strong, but, but a, a perspective that is very, very strong, especially about those who had much more than me. And uh, out of interest, I'm not saying that all these guys are right and good. I'm talking about the American prosperity teachers. I, I'm not vouching for them. But one of them that God called me to forgive, his name was Kenneth Copeland. And I discovered that he was one of the main contributors to Reinhard Bonker's ministry in Africa. So now if you guys know Reinhard Bonker, he's passed on now. But he led millions of people to Christ and was genuine. was a real proper servant of Christ. And the Lord said to me, I want you to forgive Mr. Copeland because actually he's my servant. Now, doctrinally, that was completely against my... And I knew that I had judgment against this guy. And I said, Lord, if you're teaching me this, yes, I'll forgive him. And that was a massive shift. Now, remember, my shoe doesn't 
make a miracle in your life. But that was somehow there was a very significant key, accepting my father, the loss and the trauma. Trauma is a very important word of what we had gone through, submitting that to God. And I actually had a weep. I grieved that thing out. It wasn't just like I accepted what happened. It's like it was a, it was a wound on me. Have you ever heard of someone say, that guy's got a father wound? Well, I think you can have a money wound as well. And I had to grieve that thing through and, and learn to see God as my father. And out of that, we bought our first home and God began to provide for me and provide for us in a much more significant way. Just because my own heart was being transformed. But it took years of God's generosity to change my heart. I would like to say I'm fully changed. I'm not. But I have been transformed by seeing how God works with me. And my heart has become more generous. And I no longer have a gripping fear about not having enough. But I, I've, I've learned to live in something of the, the goodness of God. But one thing I've become convinced about is that there is power in knowing God's favor and knowing the blessing of God. Now, I might lose some of you on this because it's even out of my own box. But I've been in business for about 17, 18 years. Most of my working life has actually been as a minister of the gospel. And so I've, I haven't got a long history in the corporate or money, but I've learned some things. And one of the things that I found very interesting is I saw an angel at the door of the present business I have. And that's how I actually found that property. And it's made me think, if an angel had to intervene for me to find the ways of God, how much spiritual warfare goes around all those things? And how much darkness and light are involved in money and provision and God's ways? It's an interesting thought. Because I think most of us only think on one level. Now, to help you receive from me further, I don't go to work on Monday mornings and pull down strongholds and declare things. And, and uh, I'm not one of those. And I've actually got a builder working with me right now that informed me that before we came to work today, I committed this day to Jesus. And he's like, he's quite sincere and serious. And somehow that's a leverage that what he's doing is right. Uh, and, and I've had to, you know, be kind to him, but we've had a few altercations. Um, Mike, you know what it's like in the building trade. It's, it's not easy. We haven't had heavy altercations. But what I'm trying to say is he's spiritualizing the work unhealthily. I don't think we spiritualize money unhealthily, but to completely take spirit out of money is also unhealthy. There is an element of God in that. And uh, I did feel that before we get into something official, that God actually wants to break some things of people in this area. And I want to say this very carefully, but I'm actually a poor boy who's been taught the ways of God. Um, and I think I still see my, that, myself that way. I'm not really, you know, often we see ourselves in a certain light, but actually we're not that way. People don't experience us that way. But I still see myself as this, 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 this little shepherd boy that had five loaves and two fish and somehow learned a journey. Um, and so I'm saying that 
But on top of that, you can learn things from me and actually receive things from me that could take you a long time, but you can learn them very quickly by impartation, just by heart attitude. And you can actually shift things in your life by just posture and letting God show you. So one of the things I want to say is that, is that learning how to be thankful for what God is giving you is a great great posture key and it's relational and it's vital for you to move forward in your walk with God. Vital. And to invite God into your work life. I was brought up in the church where if you're worth anything, how can I say this in in a good way? But if you really are like, if you really love God, you're full time. (laughs) <laughs> and then those who do love God but who aren't full time their job is to work and to give money to the church so <laughs> that is sort of my spectrum like I was saved in the 80s uh, and the 90s didn't teach us much uh, I was very surprised very surprised that some of the biggest miracles I saw were financial miracles and miracles in the workplace why? Because this mind of mine was so stuck on God's only in the church. And there was a real move of the Spirit in my life and seeing God as part of the whole and then learning to work with Him and learning to obey Him in church and in work life. Have I done it perfectly? No. For instance, I'll give you an example. The Lord spoke to him in October, I think it was 2018. October 2018. Say to me, I want you, I'm in the car rental industry. I want you to defleet your vehicles by 45%. You can give me those words. I saw the amount of cars I needed to go down to. I knew how many cars I had. I want to count my horses in front of you. And I knew where I needed to go down to. In my mind, I was going, Lord. Like I was doing all the management accounts and the financial cash flows and I was going like yeah like that's like that's like almost half the staff and that's serious turnover we're losing but it was, it was to prepare me for COVID didn't tell me about COVID if I didn't do that and I actually I worked out I was probably about I can't tell you but it's between 10 and 15 percent uh, I was off I didn't obey fully it almost cost us if I wasn't, if I was 20% off, I'm telling you the cost would have been very high. It was a very, very, very narrow door. You can't, like, and I know, I can't see tomorrow. Let me trust you. Just trust me on this. Don't trust yourself and don't look after yourself. You, ha- you need to find the ways of God and let God bless you. You know, there's some year that God wants to bless, but He can't until you find His ways. That's bigger. You can pray and cry to God, but you find His ways. You learn to obey Him. You learn to find from Him. Um, Paul, is, Paul and your wife, I want you guys to stand. Yeah. Do you mind me? I'm not going to prophesy over you. I'm just, I want you to stand because I feel like God's going to do a work in you. I'm going to talk for five, five, five minutes. 
if there's other people that you know that unthankfulness has been a great hindrance in your walk with the Lord, I want you to stand as well. You haven't pondered on that. Where you, and, and that you find yourself fixated on what you haven't got, especially financially. Um, and the impact, the impact of money on you with your walk with God. Can you really own that? And I, I want to be careful because I'm speaking in front of Andrew and all the other elders and directing elders. But we've, we've zoned in on tithes. It is a very important foundation. But it's not the beginning and the end of finances. And, and we, learn, we learn the ways of God. And when your heart shuts, when your heart shuts down, Towards the Lord financially. That is, that is a very painful place, very lonely place. Um, Dylan, just as I'm talking, I, I felt just to encourage you. I, I, I think that your mouth will be greatly used by the Lord um, in you navigating the next couple of weeks and months because darkness has got a strategy against you and you are pushing now into what God's purpose is for you. And you actually need provision. And I would encourage you that your mouth must be used well. But I also want to say another thing to you. Is I think you've been so used to living with less than or just enough. That to break that is actually going to be a transformation of your thinking and your speech and your heart. Um, and I want to encourage you that one of the... Let me tell you from my own life, one of the things I've had to overcome in having more is actually feeling guilty about it. It's amazing how guilt uh, has such a factor on us. So I want to say to you that as well, could you, could you trust God in such a way that He's trusting you to handle more than enough? Could you posture yourself where actually where, where, the, where, where the curse of money or the that, that hook of money will actually be something that you go, God, even that thing. Um, I remember praying around my pool and the Lord said to me, in this year, I'm going to double your income. And I, like, I looked around me. It's like, I thought to myself, does God talk like that? Like that's, that, like, and I've heard the devil's voice. Eh? I've heard the devil's voice. I thought to myself, like, God. He's like, yeah, Lord, are you? And then he said to me, and I've had to process this many times with God, I'm going to teach you and I'm going to protect you from the, the claws of riches. I'm going to allow you to have more than enough and it's not going to harm you. So what I want to do is I want to pray for those that have been unthankful with Martin and invite some people forward. But some of you, some of you need the blessing of a father. It's like I, I'm, being, I'm being honest with you. It's like financially I, I felt like there's something wrong with me. That's how I would have described it. It's like whatever I do, whatever I do just does not seem to work out. 
that car breaks down, I have to go to the dentist. It's like, it's like if you asked me, like if you, if, you could get, if you could get into my deepest of deepest hearts, it would have been, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm defective. That's how I felt. And I'm probably like my dad. And, I, and, I, and that thing got right into my spirit. And it took, it took God as a father nurturing me and teaching me his ways and then blessing me and, and even watching me getting blessed and I put it in my pockets. <laughs> and then he would bless me again and I put it in my pockets. <laughs> it's, like, and it's like, you know, and if I was my father, I would have gone, okay, I've given you money now, get that money out and give it to someone. You know what I mean? It's like God let me put it in my pockets and st- until I became secure in him to start giving it away. It's like, it's like God really, really is a father. And he knows how to father us. And he, and he, knows, he knows how to bless these hands. I'm telling you, like, I want to say it carefully because, because I don't know what tomorrow looks like. But then I look at my work and I go, like, my goodness, I know my skill levels. And I know what I'm getting back. And they're not the same. It's favor. Favor is an incredible thing. And God wants all of us to come into favor, to do His will. So it's not to become rich, to do His will, to have enough. I, I look at my daughters, and I might be going a little bit too far now, but I don't want to give them, like I'm scared. I don't know how much I'm going to end up with. It's a terrible thing to even say that, because what is that? But I know that if I gave them a lot of money, I'm probably going to hurt them. So God's the same. He'll give, he, He'll take you forward and teach you His ways. But there are spirits that also need to be dealt with. There are, there are angels and there are demons in this area. And we learn to fight the battle without becoming over-spiritual, without becoming weird. But we fight the battle. Yeah? Yeah. As you started speaking, like everything you mentioned now is like, sounds like that's where I am. And then I could hear that you're right, but somehow I can hear that in the back where there's a whole bunch of theology that I've created over the years that kind of made me feel safe to justify what I'm doing and yeah. for the rest of my life. And so it feels like that's something that needs to be yeah. like, that I don't walk out here and then. Yeah. And you can't we can't fix that in a moment, but you can be fathered through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think it's it's coming into a fathering relationship with God and letting him work you and and uh, and show you his ways. Um, I want you to come up. So I see, like I, I can feel it in my spirit that there's like a, it's um, there's pain there, and and God wants to comfort you, but also show you the way through the forest. And um, I don't know whose community you in, Martin's. 
in Modern's community. Um, so my question to you is, what does it look like for you to respond to the Lord tonight in this area? Um, also, one, is it Paulus or Paul? Paul. Why you and your wife to come out? I'd love to pray for you guys. And then those who've never, who felt like they've never, and I'm not a father, I'm only 51, but sometimes you've never been blessed by your father. So one of the things that I've had to go through is being blessed by the heavenly father. But actually I think it was God's intention for fathers to bless us. You know, you're only a man when another man says you're a man. And I think when it comes to finances as well and work, it's when another man says you're going to do well. Especially a significant man. It's like it brings you into something. And so I can't do that for you. But what I would do sense God wants to do in his, in his, by His Spirit is actually to bless us and for you to know that what God has entrusted you with is actually enough for you to keep on going. I was thinking of Moses with the staff. It's like what was in Moses' hand became the thing that God used to free Israel. My question is, what is in your hand? Because what's in your hand is enough. The young boy, five loaves and two fish, what is in his hands was enough. Are you in debt? What's in your hand is enough. So God will work with what you have, but you need to have an understanding of his, of his kindness and his favor and his discipline. I once was... Um, uh, we were in a situation, very long story short, uh, as a possible legal case against Lorna in psychology because of how things work. And as she was talking, I was thinking of my three different lawyers that I use. And uh, in my mind, I went, yeah, it'll be that lawyer. And I remember having like this arrogance about, in my heart, about, you know, almost you can fix anything with a good lawyer. And as I said it, as I said it, I saw the Lord look at me. Now, I know that God's very kind. That look did not leave me for three days. And I confessed it as sin. It's like the weight of God's, I don't want to say His wrath. It is like God disciplined me for three days. I grieved, I wept. I cried out to Him. Because He knew that thinking in my mind going further and further and further would be very destructive. And it was a defiance against who He is in our lives. And I, I've tried to really talk. You know, you guys talk about their lawyers and all the different things, and I sort of started to lean that way. Now I don't, I don't go there anymore. I hope I haven't felt yet made you feel that way now. But God will discipline us as well in finances. And He'll be very kind to us as we come into repentance. Can I, can I have... Um, Dylan, are you standing? Would you, can, you, can you work with me and then receive later? Martin, come as well. <laughs> I want you to lift their hands to the Lord. Lord, I'm not sure what is happening in their lives. But Lord, they... Let me ask you a question. Look at me. Are you bringing yourself under the authority of Christ? And, and what I've said, are you trusting me, number one? And do you want to come under what I'm saying? Okay. Father, let the power of God come on them. And Lord, where the demonic has wrestled and even overcome, we defy his work by the blood of Christ. 
I can feel the Spirit of God coming upon me. And Lord, I ask that there be a pathway made where there seems to be no pathway. We release them. And Lord, I, Lord, I thank you that these hands are not being blessed this afternoon, but we are affirming what you've already blessed. And Lord, we strengthen them. And I see a repentance that you'll grow in, both of you, in how you talk, your attitudes. And so, yes, God is giving you and releasing something to you this afternoon. And he sees your cry. But he wants, he wants you to come to him. I want you to spend some time as I minister to other people of any ungratefulness you've had with where God has provided for you. Where you just say, God, what can we say? Would you, would you forgive us? Um, and where you've believed that this will never change, God says, I want it to stop. In Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you free her from that. By your Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I want to bless you guys as well. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Just what has the Lord said to you tonight? Just in 30 seconds. What have you heard him say to you? Maybe you've got it, but I want to hear something from you guys. What has what stirred you in your spirit? Lord, I just want to thank you for this couple, Lord, and also may your spirit come upon them. And Lord, I, I want to thank you that, um, that out of them will flow the rivers of life. And Father, I want to thank you for just uh, giving them a heart, Lord, for other people. Lord, I ask that they would not be holders back of what you're teaching them, but they'd be willing to share. Um, and Lord, I even ask that forgiveness would flow over them, that they would be able to forgive others and your forgiveness um, I just am drawn to you in that area um, you guys are married eh? um, Jesus name thank you Lord Martin is there anything else that you're sensing in this area that we can pray through and pray for the church yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. Here's another difficult one. If you never give money to this church, you limit I don't care if you earn ten rand a month or five hundred thousand a month. Your capacity to receive, even for me, is this big. So if you aren't giving, it's not it's you know the woman that gave two cents, two pence got the attention of God. Uh, he's not really excited about the rich giving. Just it is what it is. 
I know that we get excited, but he's not. It's when you give of something of yourself to him, moves him. But if you don't give, your capacity has gone right down. Repent of that. Just right even now. Just say, God, I want to change. I want to I become a giver. Lord, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I want to give. But giving to the work of God is essential for your well-being. Absolutely essential. Murphy, I know that you have wrestled. Give. And sometimes, everyone says, don't give to get. Now, sometimes you sow to receive. So, uh, we, we will do it in many other areas. We'll, we'll give love. It wouldn't be wrong. Like in certain areas that we're struggling in our lives, we will, we'll honor that principle. But, but some people actually need to give to receive because you're in such a stronghold. What is the Spirit of God saying to you? And I think as a church, I'd like to be part of the answers. I don't want to criticize. But we can't ask people to give and give and give and not teach them how money works and how to make money. You need both. Not everything is solved by giving. I know guys that give lots of money and their businesses are a shambles. It doesn't fix everything. But it's a great posture. Yeah. I want to encourage you. Let's, uh, we'll carry on. Uh, you can still keep on receiving even when we talk about other things. But to teach your kids about money is not easy. Eh? I mean, I've, I know a little bit about money, and it's like not easy to teach your own children about it because they have to be in that stage. And I think there's seasons where you are teachable. You can't teach a seven-year-old about big things. You have to sort of wait for them to you know, come into certain seasons. And I think the church is full of real resources and uh, one of the things is we should be the most equipped to deal with money. Uh, and not a lot of money. Because God also really values the poor. He says the poor, the poor brother is actually an exalted brother. And the rich man, let him, let him, let him consider how his low position. That's how James says. Uh, because he says that all men are like grass. 
and all their glory like the flowers of the field. Uh, I was speaking to my neighbor, one of my neighbors, and he's really, really, really wealthy. And he's probably got, I don't know, he's, he's late 70s, so he hasn't got a lot of time left. Um, and I know he's mega wealthy, but he takes nothing with him. <laughs> nothing goes with <laughs> it's, it's only what you do for eternity that goes with you. Um, so, and I've tried to glean from him, and I don't, he's not saved, but he's got financial wisdom. And uh, learn, grow, ask questions. Church is a great environment to learn. What time do we um, end? It's at, at uh, five, eh? Yeah. 4.35. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to open it. I don't know, why it takes so long, Martin? Huh? Gary, what do you want to share? You're an elder among us, and, and, and the money journey's been also up and down. Is there anything that you're burning with? You don't have to share. As he's coming up, you know, I think it's the guys, you know, often they get me to speak at, not often, but I often get asked to, more than once, asked to speak at a men's breakfast. Or that, it's only because I've made a little bit of money. Yeah, but it's the guys, it's, you know, that, it's only for that reason. It's the guys that actually, and I'm not referring to Gary now, it's the guys that have learned to manage what they've got really well, they're the guys you want to listen to. It's the guys that, that aren't the big earners, but they are, they have been faithful. Man, you want to find that guy and learn from him. I think the guy that earns a lot of money uh, is just actually in more trouble if he hasn't learned to be faithful. And he shouldn't be the guy that speaks to the men's breakfast. <laughs> He's not very helpful uh, often. But um, what do you want to share with us? I think just as Grant was sharing, there's probably a, a couple of bits that I identified with of, of almost victories that he went through or, or kind of revelations. I think the one with the, with the father... Um, and sort of mindsets, as Hannah spoke about from young ages. Um, and, and just with my own father, I was at a place from a very young age where I was the financial provider in the family. Spent a long time kind of out of work. Um, a lot of issues there. And uh, that grieving Grant shared with me once um, about have you actually grieved not having the father that you wanted to have? Because so often the relationship with the earthly father and the relationship with the heavenly one. So although I came into a place of a really good relationship with my heavenly father, that there was a lot where I was not receiving from God because I was having to be a provider for my earthly father. If there was areas even in other people's lives where God wasn't coming through, I, I would almost feel I had to kind of step in where the father was falling short. Um, and so I went, I, I went through a process and, and it's, it's not, as he says, it's not something you can kind of explain or, or just, yeah, I forgive. Um, but, but almost to encourage you, I went through a process where I, I went and I sat similar to what Hannah says. I could feel there was a truth on what Grant was saying, but, but I didn't understand it. 
And so the next morning I got up, I spent time with the Lord, and I says, God, there's, there's something on what he's saying in terms of the relationship with my earthly father uh, and my relationship with you and, and grieving not having the, the father. And what does that look like? And so as I began to sort of sit with the Lord, and he said, well, what would you have loved in a father? I, I mean, I loved my dad, but what would you have loved in a father? And as I sat and started describing, you know, he didn't believe in God, and I'm like, would I love a father that believed in you and could kind of raise me up in your ways? And I would have loved a father that could have provided for me instead of me having to provide for him. And as I started sort of sharing these bits, um, and in that place, there was grief like, yeah, as if I'd just lost somebody, uh, and sort of welling up and these, these tears coming. And in that, God gave me a revelation that he had, he had wanted to be that father, but he didn't know how to. Uh, and that he still wants to be that father, but he doesn't know how to. And, and I think a big part of almost the healing process in the way I was able to receive from the Lord, um, th there was just a, a kind of massive key in that. And the second one was that same thing of God showed me many years ago, um, a very, very short nutshell, but he showed me many people can have a fear of failure, but I had a fear of success. And I was scared that if I was to get money, it's going to ruin me. I'm going to be like the guy in the Bible that went away because he had too much wealth. And God actually showed me that I was going through almost intentional self-destructive, that if, I, if I'd get money, I'd do things to lose it or blow it or, or something. But the grace of God was there in the same way that held a balance that I'd always seen, just that favor and that giving hand of God to the point where it didn't matter if I lost it, it didn't matter if it went, I knew his favor was there to just come and, and give again. And so we've, we'd been in situations, and my wife, totally different background, um, uh, whole different theologies and everything, uh, we was in, in a stage of life where a year ago we we was down to, we didn't have a car. We kind of sold our car. It was starting to get problems. We was rent a cheapie and <laughs> borrowing cars from Hannes and, uh, and was kind of crying out for a car. And my wife was just saying, but, but God, just can't, can't somebody just give us a car? It's like we've given so many cars away over the past. And she had this faith, can't someone just give us a car? And I said to her, babes, I hear you and I hear that's where your faith is. I said, but I don't want to put my faith in a person giving us something. And God can work through that. But God is so big and so abundant that he can do so much more. And that if we go to him of that place of just understanding his abundantness and just walking in his favor. And I almost, maybe it was the wrong attitude, but I almost, I didn't want someone to just come and give us a car because I, I knew that God could do something so much bigger in, in his walk. Um, and after years, I was probably going to share this whole testimony a long time ago, but a long time in the future. January last year, we was in a place financially. So I go to share this. <laughs> we was in a place financially um, where we was really, really struggling. It was before the whole lockdown kicked in. And uh, in the January, we was talking about a home, a family home, and just being able to finally kind of own our own home as a family. 
And God said to us both at the time, clearly he gave us a word, two years. And we didn't know what that meant. There was no money for a house, not anything. And he says, two years. And the prices in Melkbus was going up and up at that stage. And I'm like, I don't know, we're ever going to own a home in two years. December last year was a place where we now needed this car. Um, didn't know what to happen. And I got a little bit of money saved up, which God actually showed me an area in life and in business where I needed to make right with someone. And the bit of money we'd saved up towards a car, we gave away, had to give away to, to make right. And it left us, beginning of this year, with absolutely nothing. Without going into all the details, he's done an incredible miracle in our life through something which is just, it's not hard work, it wasn't intelligence, it wasn't, there was some obedience in it. But other than that, sheer favor of the Lord, where we've just put in an offer to buy a house cash, which will complete in January if it goes through two years. (laughs) Two years to the day. (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, I think just just in, in, in some of those bits that it could be, it, it's not one size fits all. It's not you don't have because you don't tie, or it's not because you, for each of us, it's a different journey. And it might be that there is a, a healing that needs to take place within a, a father issue. It might be a, a mindset or a theology that we need to lose an old mindset in order to receive a a new theology and receive from the Lord. And so whatever the individual point is, he's a big God, he's a gracious God, he's a giving God, he's a loving God, he's a God of miracles. And if we just sit with him on whatever it is that he's been touching hearts with, and don't rush off, don't lose it, and sit with him and just say, okay, Lord, just whatever that truth was in that moment that didn't quite make sense, but there was a truth there, sit with him tonight, sit with him in your time tomorrow morning and just say, God, Open that up to me. Coming for a landing. This is Exodus 31. And speaking about Bezalel, who's the first man to be ever filled with the Spirit of God in the Bible. That's what it says about him. And I filled him, this is Bezalel, with the Spirit of God. This is verse 3. With ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship. If you read the NIV, it says, and to teach others. And I want to say to you that we can't end this without saying to you that to develop your skills in God is critical. You can't have a different fruit without investing something else different in. So whatever skills God has given you, develop those skills. Some of you don't know what you're good at. That's not helpful. You need to learn what thing do you do really well and do it even better. You know, remember this. It's critical. Because once you learn that, you're gaining confidence in the Lord. If you're working for a company, don't ask, how can I get more money? Ask, how can I work more effectively? How do I take on more responsibility and move this business forward and trust God? Develop your skills. Manage money. You need to manage money. I didn't manage money at all. 
in my 20s that God put me alongside a man who, whenever he went to the petrol station, he took a little book. His name was Dave Pedersen. And he would begin to write in his book what he had spent that day. And he was taking notes of his mile, his kilometers, and how much petrol was going in. And he taught me, and this is his phrase, Grant, you need to tell your money where to go. Never forget it. Tell your money where to go. So if you want to be trusted with more, develop your skills. Tell your money where to go. Be thankful for everything that God gives you. Everything, over the top. I mean, some of you might need to like swing it right across where you like, you get your salary and you just, you do a dance, you do a worship time, you, you th- and you know that there's not enough. You know that there's like five grand short here, but you go for it. What you're doing is every devil in hell is getting confused. And whatever was of darkness there now is just going, look here, we don't know what's going on here, but let's get out of the space. So you, you're developing that posture of praise, very important. And then obedience, repentance, forgiveness are critical things. Learning the ways of God. So yes, Gary was right. What does it look like for Hannes? He can be inspired, equipped, maybe strengthened, but he's got his own road different to me. But you'll find as well, so Dave Pedersen had this unique ability in God that he just found properties of value. Now, he wasn't uh, you know, one of those short-arm, long-pocket Jewish, Scottish guys. He was a, he just, he, but, he, but he found real favor when it came to property. Guess what? That thing came on me. I don't know how. And like, I'm not clever. I'm not like a property thing. But it's like my first house I bought, uh, and the Lord spoke to us about this house. So now I'm listening to God. I've forgiven Kenneth Copeland. I'm, I'm making changes. I'm beginning to be thankful. First house we bought, paid 114000 for it. It was, a, it was right in the, the many, many years ago. But we sold the house for more than double 18 months. Absolute, like it was an absolute favor. The same thing happened in the next house. Exactly the same thing. And I'm going like, and the Lord spoke to us because we were in our minds thinking, we can only afford this. And we had this clear. We, we, we knew how to count our pennies. And the Lord spoke to us. Um, we came to Cape Town for 10 days, spoke to us, said, no, I want you to look for a house other side of the highway. And I'm going like, oh, other side of the highway. It's like, those are expensive houses. It's like, hey, who's speaking to me again? You know, like, and, and so I'm, what I'm trying to say is that you can pick up favors from other people without being, without being uh, what's a sinful wanting what, what someone else has, without being covetousness. But there is a catching and a wisdom that you're growing uh, that's really important. Then lastly, you might be someone who's an administrator, you earn 10 grand a month, you're in a dead-end job, and not much is going to change. And God's with you and on you. And there's, there's as much favor on you as is on me. But you're going to make that thing work. And you're going to turn that painful, just enough, sometimes not enough, into a wonderful place where you trust God. The brothers will drop off a parcel for you. And, and you're not going to be able to testify like Gary did that you got the money for a, a house. But you're living under the favor of God. And, and you, your soul is sweet.
and you and you and you know what? When you give, it's like the whole of heaven goes like this. So I don't know how the Lord's going to work in us, but Psalm twenty-five says this: "To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me." Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth, even when it comes to money. And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and for you I wait all the day long. Let's stand together.